What's up, guys? Welcome back to Table 40. Matt and Leslie here, and today we've got a, a special edition. Uh, we have the kids with us and the three older ones, Jackson, Ethan, and Grayson. And today we're going to talk a little bit about transitioning into the offseason as, as most of uh, baseball is, is done and, and starting to transition to offseason. We thought it'd be fun to talk about what it was like over, over 20 years of, of not having kids and kind of transitioning uh, from a long season and the excitement of getting to go home and, and jump back into to your home and, and to your roles uh, and, and as, as a parent and, and as a husband and that it looks a little bit different during the season as it does in the off season. So we thought we'd jump into that a little bit and we may have a few good questions for our kids and, and see if they might have any uh, opinion on, on how the last uh, 16 years for Jackson and, and 13 and 10 years for the other two. So Les, you've, you've got... Uh, We've got quite an audience here. I know. It's kind of fun to have them with us today. We'll see. I was, Matt and I, we were laughing about it, you guys, earlier, and we were talking about how interested we are to hear the answers to your questions and that we've talked to our financial planner, Dawn, and we've set apart just a little bit of money for counseling just in case this lifestyle has has damaged you beyond uh, <laughs> some hugs. <laughs> so sorry about that. <laughs> Well, let's talk about a little bit about transitioning into the into off-season mode. As a lot of maybe some of the listeners, some of the players, families, um, as as they listen to this, and even young kids that are that are going to try to play pro baseball, when you transition back into um, a different season, which is the off-season from from a long season, like I said, where you're away from family and it's just a lot of travel and a lot of being away and, and a lot of being apart, and a lot of stress, and then transitioning back in. Uh, into a little bit of a, a more of a so quote unquote normal life. Um, what what would you say that the biggest what would you say the biggest um, kind of obstacles or maybe the adjustments that it takes when you're transitioning back in? I think for me, Matt. I mean, the seasons were always so fun, but your head's always on a swivel, right? So the kids and I, um, it was real important for us to be together with you, and and traveling was just something that that we did, and. All, all of our kids were excellent travel, travelers, and they traveled from the time that they were teeny until they got older. And so I, I just think that just the schedule and the logistics of the season versus the off-season was always an adjustment for me. I remember we would come home um, for, from the season, and it was really long, and, and I remember just being home for 10 days was weird. And um, because I, I just felt like I needed to pack something or I needed to go do something or jump on a flight. And um, for me, that was the one thing that, that really stands out in my memory is just the days um, were they're, they're, the weeks were just a little longer than they are during the season. Because during the season, you look at the schedule that they give you and, and you're, you're laying out what, what your travel schedule is going to be like. And um, in the off season, you just settle in a little bit into a routine. I think another thing that was not hard but different is just having you around um, as a helper, uh, and and I think for us it, it was relatively positive. I know a lot of our, our friends when the husband came home it got a little it got a little dicey, but for us it was it was good. I mean I think really because we had the two older boys and they were so excited to have um, you there to throw baseballs with them and at them and all of the things that you guys do together. But I don't know. I think just jumping into um, having an extra person around 
was was always kind of fun. Yeah, and I think when you when you talk about transitioning even into post career play, like it feels strange to be home or be somewhere for so long that you just are so used to travel and going and there's always a trip coming up or there's always somewhere to go and I know that COVID has something to do with the lack of travel, but it's been I think it is an adjustment when you're done playing of of not having somewhere to go any anytime soon. And so I think that that's it's an interesting point to think about of, of uh, just transitioning from, from season to off-season and even from playing to not playing is, is sort of that what's next. And, and uh, so I think that's, that's something that, you know, that's been, a, I think we've even talked about has been a, a kind of an adjustment in, in the, to post-playing career. Um, but let's jump right into, let's get Jackson, uh, let's get Jackson going a little bit. And, and I think Jackson, obviously the oldest one, 16, Jackson has been with us, uh, pretty much since I entered the big leagues in 2004, he was, he was fresh. Um, and so I think it's, uh, he's been, you know, been around the, the lifestyle a long time and there might be some gaps in his education as we talked about that, uh, we've just kind of moved when he's been with us wherever we've gone and, and we've tried to make sure that the the schooling was was somewhat of a priority. Okay, let's talk about that real quick. So so what we did was a little bit different than some of our friends. And so one thing that you valued and and we kind of made a deal at the very beginning of your career is that we were going to keep our family together. Um, And first and foremost, that was like a non-negotiable for us. And it was kind of poor jacks but it was kind of hit and miss there for a while because we didn't know exactly how to do that but we knew that our goal was to matt and leslie were going to be together and um this is the way it was going to be and and we our hope was is that holding on to that very strongly and making that a non-negotiable for our family our hope was is that our kids would feel really secure and we wanted their security to come from our marriage and um our family and our home being you and I together and we wanted their security to come from that versus maybe a traditional education and like you said there there probably are some whole I mean he's he's worked really hard he's gonna go to college (laughs) everything's gonna be fine but it hasn't been um we don't I mean we'll just be honest we don't have straight A students because of maybe because of the things that we've chosen to value Mm -hmm. higher than a traditional education and so is that fair yeah and I just think that we were never willing to just kind of have a, a an off-season place where we would just set up and then just kind of visit the season we always were intent on like you mentioned making wherever we were for the season and thankfully five years in Colorado and 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 almost eight in, in St. Louis um, we were able to have some sort of um, I guess stability, maybe more than others, and I think that a lot of players nowadays, especially, it's hard to get a long-term contract, and it's hard to be in the same spot. So I, I could understand why people would would try to have somewhat of a home base, but I would also like to encourage people that sometimes education is not going to be cookie cutter and, and fit perfectly. Um, I, I think into trying to keep your family together, and like we said, while. It hasn't been perfect. I think it's been what's best for us, and I think it's worked out really well. And I, I hope that our kids would say that they've had a good experience um, being around their parents and being around the bait game of baseball and, and, and even just um, the experience of, of getting around, be around adults and, and players and, and at the field. And, and that experience is, as I think, has been a positive one. I mean, we can ask Jackson what his experience is, but I would guess it's positive. All right, Jax, how mad are you that you went to, like, 17 
schools growing up. Are you still mad about it? Um, not really, because I got to meet lots of new people and live in lots of different places. You have lots of friends from lots of different places. Oh, yeah, tons of friends. I feel like if you played the Amazing Race game, you would win because you could hide out with all of your friends from all over the country. I like that. That is a good show. The TV show. Yeah, we need to probably watch that as a family. Yeah, I'd have quite an advantage on that. You would? Yeah. So what do you think about, like, okay, so say that you play in the major leagues someday and you get married and you have a family. Are you anti what dad and I did to you? (laughs) How would you handle it? How would you handle it based on what you experienced as Um, a kid? I'd probably do the same thing. Really? Are you just... Yeah. I mean, I have good enough grades now that it (laughs) it all worked out. (laughs) It did. It worked out. Did you enjoy? Did you enjoy um, all the traveling that we did? Yeah. Now, like, maybe not so much then, but now, like, today, that I I enjoyed it for sure. Like getting to go lots of new places and live in lots of different towns. It's definitely cool now. It may have been a little hard, but it it's all fine now. Oh, that's good. Yeah. What were your what were your favorite parts of of growing up in the baseball environment? Um, probably getting to go into like all the stadiums was definitely cool, and getting to meet all the players that you watch on TV is pretty cool. And they're still playing, so you get to root for them. That is true. Yeah, because towards the end of Dad's career, you were closer to their age than Dad was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and there's a few of them that I played with that you could potentially play with if you keep progressing. Yep. All right, so when you were a little guy, the, the series that we are, the series, the things that we talked about the last couple of weeks is playoff baseball and stuff. So when you were little, I remember 2007 was the first World Series that you ever went to, and you were into it as a kid. Like, I, I wish we could find some videos, but you were into mm-hmm. baseball as a kid. You can impersonate all the guys and and you watched all the games and you didn't go into the family room you sat up there with me and you were you were locked in from a young guy and you took a glove with you everywhere like this was this was your thing this is what you were going to do and um I just remember one time in particular it was everyone's kind of getting ready for the world series and and you have your little uniform on and you're super fired up about it and you're like man I cannot wait to get to the world series and I was like, you know what, buddy? It is the World Serious. <laughs> and I was like, this is really serious. You're right. And so do you remember Do you remember that at all? Like going into What's Boston? What's your earliest memories of like a big game or something that... Um, I don't know. I, I remember like little parts of Colorado at the beginning and mainly like glimpses of it. So like maybe I remember a little of the family room and... Not so much like the field, but like spring training. I remember the complex a little bit and playing ball in that grassy area. Yeah, I remember that. And watching you play PlayStation while you rode the bike. <laughs> I remember that. This is a great move, though. Yeah. Um, all right. So what? Do you, I guess in 2011 we won the World Series. So that was you're probably what six. I don't know. Seven. Um, what do you remember about that season? I remember 
in game six, we were all in the family room, like, sad because we were about to lose. And then he hit the triple, and everybody started getting excited. And then he hit the home run, and it was nuts in the family room because we all thought we were about to lose. And then after that, I don't really... I don't really remember Game 7 too much because it was more of a blowout. Yeah. There's a funny story. So Ethan didn't like the smell of... No, that was me. Jackson didn't like the smell of the beer. That's right, the champagne. champagne? He didn't like the champagne smell. And so he didn't want to go in the clubhouse because of the smell. And one of my favorites, Jax, is when we were in the World Series in 2013, um, I was like, hey, let's go. We're going to Boston, yada, yada. And he's like, oh, no, I can't go. And I'm like, why? Why can't you go? And you're like, I've got a, I've got a flag football game I can't miss. And you didn't go because of a flag yeah, football or game basketball. or basketball or whatever it was. Yeah. So that means that the Cardinals had a really good run for a really long time because you passed, you passed on that experience. All right, Jackson. So now here's the last question for you, and we'll, we'll move on to Ethan. So... So you, you're obviously playing at a high level right now. You've committed to play baseball at Oklahoma State, and I'm super excited about that. You've got an excellent, um, great-looking hitting coach that's waiting on you. But anyway, so I guess my question is, is how, does your, how is your perspective maybe different than some of your peers being a Major League Baseball kid, like living the life that, that we've lived for as long as we have, do you have a different perspective going into those tournaments and competing? And, and what's it like for you? Like what are, the, what are some of the things that you think about or, I don't know, like we've never talked about this, so this um, is the first time we've talked about it. Well, I just kind of like playing, so I just go out there and do my best. But I think something is like watching players every single day and how they act and – how they respond to failure and how it doesn't really affect them because there's a lot of games to play. Yeah, there is a lot of games to play. And how they carry about their business and stuff like that definitely helps for sure. Yeah, I was thinking that once when after you said this is, this is I promise, my last question. So I remember when you were a little guy, um, we were talking about leadership once, and, and I remember you saying about dad, because you would go in the clubhouse all the time, because the Cardinals and the Rockies were both organizations that allowed y'all to um, play a lot in the clubhouse, and I remember one time we were talking about leadership, or maybe the media was covering the team, and talking about leaders on the team, and this, that, and the other, and you, I remember you made this really profound statement for such a little guy. And you said how much you thought dad was a good leader on the team. And um, you were little. But now that you're older and, and you got to watch dad play and you got to be a big part. I mean, you were a big part of his career for the whole time. It was like he said, you were a baby when, he, um, when dad first started. What would you say were some of the qualities that you admire in dad and some of the things that you've seen about dad's leadership ability? Because I also agree with you. I think he's an exceptional leader. Um, maybe, like, um, the relationships he had with all the players. Like, I feel like all of his friends are almost like family to us. So that's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, I guess that is cool. <laughs> Good job, Jax. Good job. Thank you. Ethan, 
You're up. What's up, everybody? Hey, thanks for coming on. Ethan, 13-year-old Ethan. Yep. Ethan hasn't been around quite as long as Jackson, but but you've been around. You've been around the game. You grew up in the clubhouses. Yeah. Yeah? So what, what would you say is your, I guess, probably your favorite part of growing up in a baseball life and maybe your least favorite part? Mm, my favorite part was probably hanging out in the locker room. The swag. Yeah, just hanging out and hitting with all the guys and getting to know them. And the gloves and the bats yeah, and the, the gear. All the special stuff I got. Um, then the least favorite? Ooh, probably all the moving we did. I, I liked it, but at the same time, it was like, it was a lot to handle. But, you uh, made it through? Yeah, I made it through. I'm chilling now. But, oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Ethan, we just got back from Las Vegas. Mom and, and Ethan trip. And you guys won. You won the tournament. You had a good tournament individually. The team had a great tournament. You guys are winners. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. It was fun, huh? Yeah. It's a good right. experience. You love baseball, right? Yeah. Were there things about um, growing up as a baseball kid that, that you, like, I guess, like, some of the camaraderie and stuff that you got to witness, do you bring that to your team? Yeah. I feel like whenever I go play games, I feel like I'm a big leaguer. Like I show up to the field, and like some of the big league guys, they show up with their holding their bats and their gloves and their hats are either backwards or sideways. So I kind of just show up and I do all the warm up stuff they try to do. I'll, I'll run and everyone else is looking at me like, "What are you doing?" I'm just like, "Yeah, I know the routine. I know the routine. I got to stick to the routine." And we had a good dinner, post game dinner when oh, we were yeah. in Las Vegas. Some really good burgers. Wagyu beef. <laughs> All right, so there's one guy in particular that you loved hanging out with. Yeah. You want to talk about him a little bit? JJ. Yeah. Me and him had some fun dancing memories. John Jay. John Jay. Former Cardinal yeah. John Jay. Yeah, me and him, we used to dance. He kind of taught me how to swag. He, t- he taught me all the swaggy moves. Taught me how to be smooth to the ladies. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> taught me how to hit a baseball sometimes. And he just, like, my saying now is, like, vibe. I feel like he taught me how to vibe. That's good, he. That's good. And Nolan is another friend of yours. Oh, yes. Yes, Nolan. I try to be like him. I try to feel like him. I try to, like, just, I don't know. I feel like he has, like, a really cool competitive edge with him. Like, if he's... Having a bad game, he'll make sure he does good his next game or that next at-bat. So that's what I like about him the most. Yeah, and he's a good leader too. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm going to ask you the same question, and then we'll get you off the hot seat here. Okay. <laughs> um, what about leadership have you noticed over the years? Of You're a very observant young man. Mm-hmm. And so tell me things about leadership that you've noticed because you're growing into a man. Like Dad and I are trying to raise raise men, and I think men – as far as the Bible is concerned, and um, they need to learn how to lead. And so tell me some things you've picked up on. Um, I feel like all the, like, the big league guys, they were super, like, super, I don't know the word, like, just super 
straightforward with everyone. Like, if they're having, like, a bad, like, series or something, they'll they'll go in there, and they're all having, like, all the other guys are having fun, and the leader will walk in, and they'll say something, and they'll all just stop, and they'll all get locked in. So there's some weight in their words. Yeah, yeah. Like, veterans, like, I feel like Adam and Nolan and, like, all those guys who, like, the main guys on the team who carried the team, not really carried, but, like, had a big piece in the team would always just, every time they said something, they would listen. How do you think you earned that? Um, I feel like just helping the team out when they're down or if a guy has a bad at bat and he walks back mad or upset, they just pick him up and he's always there for them. That's good. You've learned some things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any questions for what, Ethan, what, Matt? What would you say... <clears throat> What are the pros and cons of being a son of a major league player? Like, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but, like, if you go to tournaments and people know that that you are my son, do you like that? Or is that something, do you feel the pressure of that? Or do you, how do you look at that? Um, Sometimes it's fun. Like, if you're going to bat and umpire says, oh, I heard you're Matt Holloway, son. Like, I'm just like, all right, dude, I'm trying to hit and you're talking. Get some pictures. Yeah. Maybe I'll get some strikes on him. <laughs> or, like, maybe he gives me a bad call, I say something, and he'll just say okay. And then, like, the the cons are, like, every pe- person I see are always like, so, like, are you rich? And, like, dude, I, 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 I don't want to answer that question because they shouldn't care. And it's really a very highly question, asked question. And it gets on my nerves. You say, are you rich? Yeah, are you rich? And like, what is your dad your hitting coach? Like, kind of, but like, I kind of do it my own sometimes. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Not bad. It's good. It's yeah, good. Yeah, but sometimes I like it, and sometimes I'm just, I don't like it sometimes. It's, not, <laughs> it's, just, it's just not my vibe. There's some, there's some challenging days sometimes. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. A lot of adversity and adversity and then sometimes you feel like you're the king of the world <laughs> but then others you feel like everyone hates you and you didn't do anything wrong <laughs> oh Ethan all right little girl Ethan bye everyone bye Ethan hi how are you I'm good okay this is our only daughter Grayson Ivy Holiday she has three brothers and she has gone to thousands of baseball games. I bet it's more than thousands, but whatever. Sorry. Okay. So, at this point in your baseball watching life, do you like it or do you dread it? It's not a dread. Like, I don't hate it. It wouldn't be my first choice to do anything, but I've seen plenty of games. I actually understand it. Yeah. So it's not like I'm watching something that's completely, like, not understanding, like football. So yeah. I don't understand that, but whatever. <laughs> I understand baseball because I've seen it. But it's fun to watch whenever I actually understand it. But like, I used to do this all the time. Like I like watching you and the boys. But when it's other people, I have literally no idea who they are. It's not as fun. That's because, fair. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't care. <laughs> okay, what's your first memory of 
daddy in the family room and all those things because you were a family room like I was a family room I was a king or queen of the family room I mean you love the family room <laughs> and so talk to me about that well the family room was fun because there was Morgan and Ariana and a lot of people but like I, I always loved little kids like babies and hanging out with them and being like kind of like I would hang out and I would change their diapers and I would hang out with them and I'd hold them or whatever and I remember just always having, like, the little kids with Morgan. Morgan and I were really close, but we would always have the babies, and we'd always go sit on the little brown big couch. It was, like, a huge couch. It was so comfortable. And me and Morgan would just go sit over there. And then I, sometimes I'd go up to the game to get Dippin' Dots, but then I'd watch you. <laughs> I watched you, though. But I, I, I always watch your at-bats in the, on the TV in the game, or the family room, so... Good support. Yeah, I watched you. I didn't watch that many people. In all fairness, I was little, so. Yeah, you were little. So, Grayson, has it been hard on you to change schools? Because you've changed schools three times. You went to the BAT school, and you Mm -hmm. went to Jupiter Christian, Mm -hmm. and then now we're in Stillwater, and you're in school here. And so, how has that been for you, honey? Has that been hard? Well, it's been hard and not hard, because when I moved here, I met Sophia, and me and Sophia are really, really close. And that's honestly how I've gotten through half of it because I've had her in all the schools except for the Florida schools. And so bat school was hard, and I didn't. I liked it, and then I didn't like it. <laughs> and then Jupiter Christian was cool, and that's the one that was really hard for me because I loved that school. It was the best. And then we moved here, and that was a hard move, I'll tell you that. But it's better now, and I have Sophia, and I have friends, and I have you guys with me, and then all the family over here going to brunch with Lolly all the time it's fun but so it's fun and it's hard but it's better now <laughs> do you remember we started out this conversation talking about um the off season do you remember how excited we used to get when it was the off season yeah I do remember I was so excited when dad would um come home and we would all like hang out with him and Hannah yeah would be there Lizzie or everyone was at the time but we would all go outside and play ball or do something fun in our backyard or something. I just remember being super excited about Dad coming home and being able to see him, like, every day for quite a little bit and then going back. But that was always fun to have the off-season to have with him. So what's and retirement been like for you? It's actually really fun because today he picked me up from school, and I was like, wow. I actually did think about this. I was like... Oh, well, that never, that used to never happen. It would always be either you or Hannah or Lizzie or whoever it was. But you picked me up today, and I was like, whoa, that really changed. <laughs> because, and then I see him every day when like, I wake up, or I see him leaving to go to work, and then I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is just so different. Because he used to not be like that at all. I know. It's so hard, isn't it? <laughs> it's a change, but it's fun. And you like to travel? I love to travel. I always do, and I always have. What about Chicago next to the American Girl Dolls? Oh, my gosh. I always think about Chicago and the Big Fountain and the American Girl Doll and the chocolate chip pancakes. That was awesome. I loved Chicago because I just, I did. I go to American Girl Doll, like, every time we went. (laughs) Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) We come home with whoever whoever was next. Whoever was, like, the yearly girl or whatever. I I had, like, all of them. Didn't I remember we went to one and they have a salon there and yes and I got my ears or she got her ears pierced or whatever it was such a great day (laughs) (laughs) all right Grayson I hate to put you on the spot but I'm going to you 
are like one of my favorite little friends in the whole favorite world, kid. obviously. My favorite daughter, 100%. Favorite kid. And so, but you've taught me a lot. So we teach Bible study here mm-hmm. in just a little bit, in about an hour. And then um, we have a girl, the girls come over on Wednesday night. And you're just very wise for your age. Talk to me about Jesus a little bit. Oh, gosh. Oh. I, I mean, that's, that's general. That's, that's, I know yeah. that's a big, broad yeah. question. <laughs> but what do you love most about Jesus? Because your love for Jesus is inspiring to me, and, and you're my kid. And just because you're young doesn't mean that you're not super mm-hmm. wise, and you are wise, and I love that about you. Yeah. I think it's cool because with Jesus, he forgives you for literally everything. Like, <laughs> you literally everything. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. It's gone if you pray about it. Like, all you have to do is ask for forgiveness, and there you go. Like, it's done. He does it way better than your mom. <laughs> Well, I mean, he does everything better than everyone, but I think it's cool because if you, but I feel like you can't take advantage of that too because he does forgive you, but it doesn't count as much for me if you don't ask for it because you don't really think about it and say, well, he forgives me, but like, do I let him forgive me? Because I know he forgives me, but there's things that will just... I'll do something, and then I'll feel really guilty about it, and then I'll freak out, and then I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I need to pray. And if I don't, then I'll feel guilty, and then I'll freak out, and then I'll, like, not sleep or something. Do you need to tell us what these things are? <laughs> oh, what in the world? <laughs> are, no, you, are, are you trying to say that you love Jesus so much that you don't want to just do bad just, things? Yeah, just, like, take advantage of it and be like, whatever, he forgives me, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it does, because he did it. Yeah, Paul talks about that, too. Yeah. In the Bible. Yep. <laughs> What's your most recent scripture memorization? Oh, gosh. Well, um, we, were, <laughs> we were learning the first, I think, 21 books of the Bible, but I'm not going to say them because... We'll be here gonna, forever. Yeah. <laughs> I know the first one, Genesis, and then Exodus, and then... Is it Leviticus, I think? That's great, baby. Yeah. So that's good. Well, I love hanging out with you. I love hanging out with you. And you, Dad. <laughs> I'm glad that they got to come on and visit with us. Yeah. yeah. Grayson, you were, you might have a little broadcasting podcast career <laughs> ahead of you. Yeah. You may have to co-host with Mom one time, and I'll sit one out. No. It can be us three, but you're not saying Oh, yeah. You want a little trio? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. All right. All right. I don't know. You're not setting it out, so. Well, Matt, I, it's encouraging to me, though. I, I want other, I want young moms and young dads in pro sports or young moms and young dads not in pro sports to, I hope they're encouraged by, I mean, we don't, we haven't done it perfectly by any stretch of the imagination. We've made a million mistakes, but I do think that I'm so glad, even though it was hard and it wasn't traditional, I'm really glad that we kept our crew together because I think that, I can I can see the fruits of that. Like we know them really well, and we know our kids really well. And we, um, man, I just I love hanging out with them. And what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, and I think that it would I would have had a hard, lot harder time uh, playing as long as I did if we didn't do that. I always that was the worst part. I always told you when we go on road trips, that's the hardest part of playing major league baseball was leaving even if it was for seven days or you know sometimes 10 if we couldn't figure out a way to to get out on the road um but 
it's like as I got older and was missing more and things, you know, without that sort of commitment to be together, I, I probably wouldn't have played. I'd probably would have cut it short two or three, four years less. And I think that that's that can wear on guys. You know, I think that that family is important to them and their their wife and their kids and and being a good dad and a good husband. I think that that can weigh on them heavily if if they're if they're living remotely or. You know, if they're spending a lot of time apart, I think that that's a it makes it very hard. Um, and so I, I think that that was was a real blessing for for me um, as as trying to, to to play the sport and to be a productive player. Uh, it's it, it's hard. We're people, and I think that players human are human, and that there are it does affect their performance. You know, and I think that that's something that sometimes people don't understand is being away from your family is really hard and it can affect your performance. And I think that I'm super grateful that, that you are so um, willing to sacrifice and to travel and to not just lock them into a schedule, which sometimes can be the easiest thing where you just lock into a schedule and the kids go to bed at 7.30 or 8. When they're, like, we've never done that. Like, some of our friends are like, oh, yeah, our kids are in bed. And it's like 7.30. I'm like... Our kids have never been to bed at 7.30 in their life. Like, if they make it to bed by 11.30, we're feeling pretty good about things. So um, we haven't been conventional in our – but they're still seem somewhat normal. I hope so. We'll have so. to see how it shakes out. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So. Okay, here's my last question for you. What kind of marriage advice – because we, we've done a – we've had a conversation earlier, but I don't know if we really got into marriage. I didn't listen to – our conversation that we had earlier in the um, podcast that we did a couple weeks ago. But what kind of marriage advice would you give? Because we've we've been through it. I mean, we were really young when we got married. And then we had Jax when we were also very young. So what? We were married about three years. Had Jackson, 24 years old, 23 years old. You start your career, and it's a really intense career. Um and there's a lot of moving and, you know, and then, I don't know, then we just wait a while, have kept, we kept having kids, we kept moving, you, your career still stayed the same. And I don't know, what would you say? I mean, I feel like our marriage was, at the beginning, was a high, in a high-stress environment. So retrospectively, looking back, what kind of... Well, I, w- I would say, like, you should be each other's biggest fans and encouragers. And I think that sometimes even a nice encouraging word from your spouse in times of stress or in times of, you know, I just think that encouraging each other and being a, being your biggest fan, like just feeling the support and the love and, and, and I guess being selfless and trying to, you've done an amazing job of, of being selfless and sacrificing for me. And hopefully I've done that somewhat for you. But I think that that's been something that's, there's a key, particularly in this profession, but in all walks of life, I think the sacrifice that you're willing to make on on a lot of different levels for your, for your buddy, for like your partner. And I think that when you treat it like a partnership and like we're each other's, you know, buddies and sometimes you know you turn into like you don't ever want to I think turn into like business partners you know where you're just managing the family kind of co-managing the the your life I think that sometimes 
you could fall into that place. And I think that that's, that's the thing that, you know, where, where you be your buddy's best friend and best supporter. And that's always something that's really encouraged me. And I think that that's something that I, when I look at couples, you know, that are, I, I see a kind of a, there's a, there's a sweetness, a bond there as opposed to like this coworker type of feel. Yeah. And I think like, I agree. I think that that's true after 20, I mean, we'll be married 20 years in December. And I think that that one thing that as you were talking that stuck out is I believe it's Genesis two twenty four. It might be two seventeen. I, I don't, I probably should look it up, but anyway, it's around there somewhere. And it, it says, uh, it says, that God's talking to, to Adam and, and he's talking about marriage and he's saying like there's these three things about marriage. It's like you're gonna leave your mother and father, you're gonna you're gonna hold fast to your wife and the two are gonna become one. And I think for me, like and and again, I um don't have a seminary degree and yet but I, I think to me when I look when I think about that verse, I, I kinda think that that's been the progression of twenty years of marriage. Like, leaving your mother and father when you're 19 and 20, like we were when we got married, or 20 and 21, however old we were, we got married, that was no easy task. And that wasn't like you go down the, you go down and you say your vows, and it's like this magic trick happens, and you leave your mother and father. Like, that was hard for us. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, I was real attached to, I have great parents, you have great parents. I think that we were still very much a part of that, like, you were very much still a holiday. I was very much still a Smith. Like we didn't really understand how to do that. And I think I would like to encourage young couples to just take a deep breath and know that that's not a, like a, a magic thing that happens the day you say your vows. Like it's, it's, it's a, an, it's an ideal, it's a healthy thing, but it may not happen overnight. It may not happen that as you walk down the aisle, pronounced husband and wife. Right. And I think for me, like, after 20 years of marriage and um we we have like held fast to one another and we have become one like you said like a real team that that roots for one another and and we we're in agreement on most things together and and we're trying to go through life as as a unit versus um two individuals and so i'm i'm proud of that in our marriage and it's it hasn't been all that i mean there's been definitely some ups and downs and days that I'm not proud of and I know that there you would you would say the same thing but I think like when I think about marriage and I think about our marriage in particular I think of that verse and I think about just the beauty in that verse is like God saying look this is what I want you to do I want you to leave the leave your the original family I want you to leave your mom and dad I want you to hold fast to your spouse and I want you to become one and I think that I've seen that over the last 20 years in, in our marriage. And that's my prayer for our kids too. I mean, I pray that I pray for their spouses someday. And, and I pray that, that that happens and I pray we can help them mm-hmm. with that too. Don't you? I mean, yeah. And I, I think that, you know, talking about getting married young, I'm so grateful we got married young because I feel like we've gotten to grow up together and mature. And, you know, I think sometimes when people get married a little bit older, not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, they're kind of set in their own lives. And so I'm I'm grateful that that we've been, we've been able to spend 20 years married already and we're only low 40s. Yeah, super low 40s. I mean, I'm I'm just barely 40. (laughs) I know, I know. 
We'll have to do a marriage. We need to do a marriage little theme. We need to do that soon. That'd be a lot of fun to yeah. talk to different people about about marriage and, and stuff like that. So, And I also need to look up that verse. I think it's Genesis 2.24. Anyway. Well, this has been fun. Yeah, Different but fun. Yeah, hopefully people enjoyed getting to meet our kids a little bit. and They're great. Yeah, and hopefully they aren't scarred from their moving. No, I don't think so. It didn't sound like it. Not yet. Not yet. Not, it didn't sound like it. And I just, I just hope people are encouraged by the fact that Like, just meet your kids where they are and just walk with them. You know, I mean, just walk with them. And and it's amazing how wise they are. You know, it's amazing. Like, some of the things that Grayson says about her relationship with the Lord and Jackson and Ethan and Reed, it's just so fun. Flashcards. Yeah. Don't let them miss their flashcards. Yeah, that would be the thing. In the holes of the education, (laughs) here's our advice. Flashcards and sight words. (laughs) But for sure those flashcards. And they're going to be all right. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for coming. This has been fun. See you next time. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Table 40, part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories on sports and faith, check out sportsspectrum.com.